You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Falato's Fantasy Corner, brought to you on the great, the wonderful, the magnificent Big Blue View podcast stream on SB Nation's platform. We're going to be parsing through wide receivers today, and since it's draft season, I wanted to touch on some breakout candidates relative to their ADP at every single position. I'll also talk about quarterbacks and their worth and where you should select them in your drafts, depending on your league, of course. It's a jam-packed episode in the heart of fantasy draft season, and I'm here to assist you in winning a fantasy title. So let's dive into some wide receiver rankings. First, let's start with the GOAT wide receiver this season and the GOAT wide receiver last season. That's, of course, Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints. Now, he had 180 targets last season, which is absolutely ridiculous, and he caught 149 of those targets. And I mean, his 2018 catch percentage was like 85%. So this guy has high efficiency and he's shown that time and time again. I want to say in 2018, Julio Jones led the league with 170 targets, which is a ton of targets. And like I always say, opportunity is a key in fantasy. So if you're getting more targets, that means you have more opportunity. So for someone like Michael Thomas, there's a higher value on a player like that who has those kind of opportunities in PPR leagues where you receive a point per reception because... You're scoring 149 extra points than you would in a standard league when you don't receive a point per reception. And I feel like Michael Thomas, especially when you look at everybody else in the first round, in three wide receiver leagues will have a little bit higher value than in two wide receiver leagues. But Michael Thomas is a safe pick. You can't really go wrong with him. His ADP, according to Fantasy Pros, and I'm using half-point scoring, and I know they take, for their half-point scoring system, they take it from Yahoo's ADP, is four, which is too early for me because I can easily think of four running backs who I'd want over Michael Thomas. I could probably think of six to seven running backs in two wide receiver leagues, half-point PPR, that I'd want over Michael Thomas, but he's a safe player that you can get at seven or eight. In a two-receiver league, depending on how you draft, but me, I'd probably still go running back, even at around seven or eight. Someone like Josh Jacobs or Clyde Edwards-Alaire if he's still available. And I mainly say that because I feel there are just a lot of solid wide receivers that can be had in the 4th to 7th round range. And there's also some late wide receivers who receive a ton of opportunities, so they may have value in PPR league, guys like Jameson Crowder. But in the 4th to 7th round range, guys we're going to go over a little bit later, Robert Woods, Terry McLaurin, Tyler Lockett, players like that that I can get and then I can load up on my running backs early because they're more sure things early rather than running backs late where it's a little bit more of a murky situation, a little bit more clouded and nebulous kind of thing. So, but end of the day, you're not going to be disappointed with Michael Thomas on your roster. But I do feel like his targets will come down a bit with a healthy Kamara and with the addition of Emmanuel Sanders to the New Orleans Saints offense. I think he'll have 
a year more akin to his 2018 campaign, where he had 147 targets. I think he's going to have a little bit more than that. It'll probably be in the 155, 160 range. But I feel like 125 receptions is a more fair assumption with the additions that were added to that offense. So again, it's a safe pick. He has an incredibly high floor, and you're not going to be disappointed. I mean, according to FanDuel scoring, which is half point, PPR, Michael Thomas averaged 18.7 fantasy points last season, led led the wide receiver group just ahead of Chris Godwin, who had 16.65 in that scoring format. And according to DraftKings, which is full point PPR, Michael Thomas averaged 25 fantasy points a game, Chris Godwin 21. So you can't really go wrong with Michael Thomas. It just depends on how you want to construct your team. I probably wouldn't select him until that 7, 8, 9 range. It, to me, I, I think 4 is way too early, according to fantasy pros just because there's a lot of receivers that I can get later that I would feel comfortable with I want to load up on running backs early in my fantasy draft even though it's a more volatile position I still like the opportunity that a lot of these younger running backs have to really break out but you really can't go wrong with Michael Thomas and my second receiver is Devontae Adams I think Devontae Adams is in for a bounce back season Last year, he battled through injuries, and I know that he had a new offensive coach, a new coach when Matt LaFleur came over. Mike McCarthy's no longer there, but he's the main and the only real reliable receiving threat for an Aaron Rodgers-led team, and Aaron Rodgers isn't the Aaron Rodgers of old, but Devontae Adams is still going to eat, I feel like, in this season coming up, a healthy campaign. He's only 27 years old. I know it feels like he's been around for a while, but he's 27 years old, and he's coming off that injury plague season where he only had the five touchdowns, but 2018, he had 13 touchdowns. 2017, he had 10. 2016, he had 12, which was his breakout year. I expect him, if he's healthy, to see somewhere around 160, maybe 155 targets, something around that, probably catch around 95 to 100 balls, somewhere in the ballpark of 1,400 yards, and I expect double-digit touchdowns, and you can probably get him after the 1-2 turn. Maybe if you get him early in that second round, you can really stock up at the wide receiver position, and I don't think you're going to go wrong there. I think he will be the go-to target in this offense, an offense that's going to be built more to run the football, but you still have Aaron Rodgers who's going to air it out, a defense that has invested a lot into their defense, into their defensive line, into their secondary, but I still feel like they're going to be in games where they may be throwing a lot in the fourth quarter, where their defense could be susceptible to not be shutting teams down, which would allow the offense to run the ball with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones down the stretch. So I think Devontae Adams is going to be a solid pick in fantasy drafts and the next guy as well I think he's somebody you really can't go wrong with either and that's Julio Jones who is a model of consistency a lot of people kind of ding him and think that he's always injured a lot of the times and he's playing through injuries but he's still somebody who consistently gets over 150 targets and the Falcons defense is not that great they're going to be playing well into the fourth quarter and last year Julio Jones had 149 targets caught 99 balls had just under 1400 yards it's just Julio Jones never finds the end zone it's really weird he's always scoring five touchdowns six touchdowns if he has that breakout season now he's reunited with Dirk Cutter he was last year as well he has that breakout season where he can finally get into double-digit touchdowns. He's going to blow up your team, and you can get him in the mid-second round right now. According to Fantasy Pros, we have Julio Jones being drafted around 12. I think he's going to slide a little bit past that. I think running backs will go heavy in a lot of home leagues, I think you could say. 
and Devontae Adams is being drafted around eight. I think that will definitely be after. I think you can get him on that one-two turn as well. But Julio Jones gets the opportunity. I think Calvin Ridley is going to have a breakout year. We'll go over him a little bit more, but there's a lot of vacated targets there with Devonta Freeman leaving, with Austin Hooper leaving, which will help out Hayden Hurst, as I alluded to in the tight end episode last week. But Julio Jones is definitely a solid. I lock him in there as my number three. Coming in at number four, is Tyreek Hill, and that rounds out the tier one receivers. I think Tyreek Hill injured last season, but he's with Pat Mahomes. He has that rare speed, and they love to air the football out. They just love to air the football out. I think he's going to get a lot more opportunity this year now that he's not injured. And he's last year, he had 87 targets, 58 catches for just under 900 yards. And that was because he's dealing with those injuries. He broke his collarbone in week one against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then he was dinged up a little bit towards the end of the season. But it's Tyreek Hill, especially in leagues where you get bonuses for catching 40 plus yard touchdown passes, which a lot of leagues kind of do that. That's why you got to look at your league settings. Tyreek Hill can get an extra one or two points when he does hit those big bombs. He's definitely somebody who can boom and he can really assist your team. He has some low games as well. He does when Travis Kelsey feasts, but he comes in a four and he's the last player in my tier one receivers. And to start tier two, I have a chunk of receivers. They all go by the names of Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson II, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, and then DeAndre Hopkins to round off tier two. A lot of people have DeAndre Hopkins a lot higher, and I do understand that, but I do believe them running a lot of 10 personnel. It's going to give a lot of light boxes it's going to provide some more fantasy opportunity for players like Kenyon drake and i believe christian kirk is also going to be utilized in a more high fashion if he is not injured this year which he's been dealing with a lot of these injuries and i expect hopkins to be fine i just think that his workload and his targets will go down because he was really fed down there with Deshaun watson so that's why i do have him in this tier too but I look for players like DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley to kind of break out this year, whereas Allen Robinson's more of a pillar of consistency, although Mitchell Trubisky kind of holds him back a little bit. He sees a lot of targets. Then you have Chris Godwin, who is at the top of this tier, and Chris Godwin had a breakout season last year. Right now, he's being drafted 18th overall, and I feel like that could be fair. I do kind of want to, I do acknowledge, I guess I could say, that there could be downsides when you add someone like Gronk because someone like Godwin was used really well in the red zone last year. So I could see where some people would have some hesitation for a player like Chris Godwin, but he still had over 1,300 yards, was targeted over 100 times. His A dot was over 10 yards per target. It was 11 yards per target, and his yards per reception was about 15. He was used vertically. He's used in the short game, and I just believe in his route running and his ability to get open. I think he's one of the more skilled receivers, and I think this offense is going to be really good as well. Could be playing well into the fourth quarter. Their defense still has a suspect secondary. We could see if it comes along. They're a funnel defense, which forces teams to throw because they have a really solid run defense. At least they did last year with Todd Bowles as the coordinator. He's still their coordinator, and I believe Chris Godwin could be in for, yet again, another great year and operate. I think he'll operate different than Julian Edelman did with Tom Brady. Julian Edelman was really predicated on short routes and excellent timing with Brady. And I think Godwin could do that, but I haven't seen it yet. But I still think he could be in for a really, really good season. That's why I put him at that specific spot, the top tier two. But all these guys are really clumped together. And I want to try to get, if I do go zero running back, I want to try to get two of these receivers on that 3-4 turn. If I'm picking towards the end of the round, if I'm picking in the middle round, if I could still get 
if I go running back, running back, and then I can still get two of the receivers from this tier, I'll be a very happy man. And I actually really like a lot of the receivers in tier three. But Kenny Galladay, he was on pace to, now his opportunity is not as great, but he was on pace to have a really true breakout great season last year and I can already you can already say that he broke out but Matt Stafford suffered the back injury and he had to play with David Blau and a bunch of just opportunities that never could come to fruition because the quarterback situation but Kenny Galladay is I think he's a stud an absolute stud it was a great draft pick by the Detroit Lions guys a true vertical threat averaged over 18 yards per reception last year is used a lot in the red zone and I expect Matt Stafford to come out slinging this season. I think Galladay will be the beneficiary of that. I think TJ Hawkinson might also be a beneficiary of that as well. But Marvin Jones is another year older, and I know he's used in a similar light because he's somebody who's a big body, was a red zone threat for the Bengals, has been a red zone threat for the Lions, and he'll have those games. Marvin Jones, that is, that when he just goes off for three touchdowns and will score like 35 fantasy points. But I think Galladay is definitely somebody that you you could get possibly you get him around the third three four era probably more towards the three he's being drafted 25th overall according to fantasy pros right now but he seems to be sliding because not as many people are are onto him as they are some of the other true number one receivers but with a healthy Stafford he's going to go off and that's what you're kind of looking for right now is get these guys a little bit later who can help win you a league I think Allen Robinson's just somebody who gets massive amounts of targets and he's proven himself with how many crappy quarterbacks I mean, let's call it what it is Blake Bortles for the first couple years in Jacksonville now he gets mediocre Mitch Trubisky in Chicago he had 153 targets last year caught 98 balls at just under 1200 yards had seven touchdowns I think all of these things can probably go up the targets maybe not and I still think he can be a little bit more efficient with the targets and his catches depending on if Mitch or if Nick Foles ends up playing if Mitch can actually be a bit more accurate because he has Mitch thrown in the football and we have to kind of weigh that in but I still believe in that talent and I believe that Matt Nagy can probably help get him open I think Taylor Gabriel being there might open up a little bit more opportunity for Anthony Miller who's going to be a sleeper slash breakout candidate but that's not going to take away from Allen Robinson and that's why I have him in this tier too and then DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley both third year wide receivers who have ascended upwards and I think they're just at that precipice of breaking out Ridley had a really good rookie season where he had double digit touchdowns he had 10 but last year's targets stayed about the same now we started more games and granted he missed three games due to injury but he had 92 targets in 2018 93 last year and the receptions were 64 and 18 63 last year and they were both in the 800 yard range but i think with the loss of austin hooper it's going to create a lot more short to intermediate targets somewhere where calvin ridley is going to thrive and i think that offense can sustain just like the buccaneers offense with Jameis winston last year sustained two league type winning wide receivers and mike evans and chris godwin i think julio jones and calvin ridley can both be that and i think this could be his true breakout year and that's somebody that you can get in the fourth round i'm totally happy with that as i am with dj moore dj moore last year was playing with kyle allen and kyle allen for those of you who don't know he's not exactly the best quarterback out there when it comes to accuracy and just consistency but dj moore had 130 targets caught 87 passes from him but his touchdowns weren't exactly there he only had the four touchdowns but he's somebody you get the ball in space with him he can make things happen and i think with matt rule and his offense coming in they're going to really do that and that defense is not good and i think they're going to be in some good game scripts for the passing game I think DJ Moore can definitely up the four touchdowns that he had last year. I think he can also 
probably get more targets with Teddy Bridgewater, and I think the reception total will come up. So that's why I have him in Tier 2. In Tier 3, I also like these receivers a lot in Tier 3. It's Mike Evans, Juju Smith-Schuster, DJ Chark, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, AJ Brown, and Adam Thielen. Now, a lot of these guys are going from the 4 to 5 range. Mike Evans is slipping into the 3rd range. I think a lot of people are sour on Juju Smith-Schuster because they drafted him on the one-two turn a lot of people last year and Ben Rossberg gets hurt and he could just never bounce back I mean he only saw 70 targets last year caught 42 balls had three touchdowns it was an absolute disappointment but with Antonio Brown in 2018 even without Antonio Brown because Antonio Brown got hurt towards the end of that season and Juju stepped in he was an absolute monster with Ben Rossberger but he had 166 targets in 2018 111 catches 1400 yards seven touchdowns and I think with Ben, if Ben is right, with Chase Claypool, with Deontay Johnson, this is a contract year for Juju Smith-Schuster, I think he can really regain that around that 2018 form. I think the skill set is still there. I don't think he's a bad receiver, and I think he's at a value right now. And that's what fantasy football is about. It's about value. But Juju Smith-Schuster right now is being drafted, according to fantasy pros, 32nd around that. And I'm imagining it's probably even later than that. And I think you can get him in the fourth round, maybe later in the fourth round. I think he's falling around that. Guys like Odell Beckham Jr. are getting drafted above him. Players that I'm not sure if there's going to be as much opportunity, whereas I think a lot of opportunity is going to be given to someone like Juju Smith-Schuster with this offense, with a healthy Big Ben Roethlisberger, if Big Ben can still be somewhat what he was before the elbow injury. So I do like Juju. Mike Evans, you have Tom Brady, who a lot of people don't think he can throw it vertically. I still think he can, and that's what Mike Evans thrives on. He's a vertical threat kind of wide receiver. But people don't think Brady can do that because they haven't seen him do that because New England, after Brandon Cooks left, never really had that true deep threat kind of player. But I think Mike Evans can still thrive in that role with a Bruce Arians offense who loves to air it out and Tom Brady, who's old, but is still Tom Brady. I mean, Mike Evans last year had only 67 catches, but he had 114 targets. And the A dot for someone like Mike Evans is just under 16 yards per pass. And I think that can still be something that's attainable, even with Tom Brady. Now, there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. And I believe the running game, someone like Ronald Jones, who could possibly be a breakout this year if Bruce Arians actually trusts him. Because Peyton Barber is not there. And I know they bring in Shady and they draft Keyshawn Vaughn. But. There's a lot of good reports about Ronald Jones. He could be had in the fifth round, could be one of those breakouts that we'll talk about a little bit later. But Mike Evans, I think a lot of people are sleeping on him because of Chris Godwin hype. And I'd say, I mean, he has these blow-up games. I think he could be a little bit more consistent with someone like Tom Brady. And I still think he's going to see over 100 targets, which is going to be good for him, especially if you can get him at a value. Then we have DJ Chark, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, AJ Brown, and Adam Thielen. I think all these guys fit into this tier three. DJ Chark was utilized heavily by Gardner Minshew in the red zone last year and Jags are going to be in so many positive game scripts for the passing game I expect him to be peppered with targets Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are going to be utilized in the red zone they're going to be the main focus of this passing attack I know a lot of people are worried about Cooper Cup because the Rams moved to 12 personnel which is two tight ends towards the end of the season last year and Tyler Higby blew up and had one of the most historic runs for a tight end and Cooper Cup is a slot predominant receiver and 12 personnel there really isn't necessarily a slot because there's only two wide receivers out there so the only time there's going to be a slot is if you have one side of the field with two receivers and no receivers on the back side 
But I think Cooper Cup is so utilized in the red zone, he doesn't necessarily need to play 90% of the snaps to return value on you. Whenever he's out there, Sean McVay makes sure to scheme up plays that are going to put him into a position to succeed. So I'm not worried about Cooper Cup. He's one of my favorite guys to draft in the fourth, beginning of the fifth round if he's still available. Robert Woods as well. All Both of these receivers are targeted so much in this offense. They're just funneled targets. But the thing is, with Robert Woods last year, he had two receiving touchdowns. And that is not great, obviously. But I think there's going to be positive regression for that. The guy said 129 targets last year, 90 catches, just under 1,200 yards, and two receiving touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. I think that's definitely going to come up. Cooper Cup had 132 targets last year, 94 catches, and he had 34 red zone targets last season. And he caught 23 of them with for nine touchdowns. So he's really utilized in that area of the field. So I don't need 90% snap percentage. I don't need that. I need him to be utilized by his coaching staff that trusts him and his quarterback that really trusts him. And I look at Jared Goff, and I think he's in a prime spot to have a bounce-back year this year. He had 22 touchdowns last year. They threw, I think they tied for throwing the most with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's going to positively regress. That's going to be, be something that he's a quarterback that you can target later in drafts and you can get. And I think the beneficiaries of that will be Robert Woods. I think it will be Cooper Cup. I don't know how good that running game is going to be. There's no more Todd Gurley. Les Snead is not investing in that offensive line like he should be. And there could be a lot of passes. And I think Cup and Woods are both targets that you can get on that four, four round five range that can help your team. Then A.J. Brown is somebody who can boom this year. It's just opportunity is something that is a little bit concerning because you know that team's identity is to run the football with Derrick Henry. But I believe in the talent downfield. I believe in the physical ability of A.J. Brown. And if Tennessee finds themselves in some game scripts where they have to throw deep into the fourth quarter and they're not just pounding the rock 35 times with Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown could be incredibly valuable. And then there's Adam Thielen, who's in a similar offense where they want to run the rock with Dalvin Cook and they want to set up the play action that way when there's not as many targets. But Stephon Diggs is in Buffalo now. Justin Jefferson comes in. Then you got B.C. Johnson, who's a lot of hype about him coming out. So I think Adam Thielen, who's now 30 years old, is coming off an injury-plagued season. He's somebody that fits into this Tier 3, but he has that injury thing going on. He's not in an offense that is really conducive to wide receiver success. I still feel like if he's healthy, he'll have over 130 targets, and I believe in his talent. But I can see why you may look to go for some of these guys in this Tier 4 range, which I'll go through really quickly, and then I'll go into Tier 5, and then we'll get into the quarterbacks a little bit, and then I want to touch into breakouts. But before we do that, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, tier four wide receivers. Starts with Cortland Sutton, Odell Beckham Jr., Devontae Parker, Terry McLaurin, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. Now, Cortland Sutton, they add Jerry Judy, they add KJ Hamler, they bring in Pat Shermer. But I still feel like this team, who I think they're going to be able to run the ball efficiently with Melvin Gordon and with Philip Lindsay. But man, did Drew Locke love to throw the ball up in the air to Cortland Sutton. There was a lot of trust there last year. And Sutton is definitely a player who is valuable in the red zone. And I know a lot of teams double teamed him last year because they had to because they were scared of him. Drew Locke still trusted him and threw him up. And he would come down with some crazy receptions for touchdowns. Now he had six touchdowns. Last season, he had 124 targets, 72 catches. The targets may stay somewhat the same. I don't expect a huge jump in targets, even though he had that that breakout season last year. But they've added a lot of pieces. They're going to feed Noah Font. It's going to be it's going to be a, a a pretty cool offense to watch. I think even it's Pat Shermer's offense. But now he's the offensive coordinator. I think he can focus on that and not have that head coaching responsibility. But I think the touchdowns may go up with someone like Cortland Sutton. I think they know that this is somebody who can definitely have success in that area of the field. And touchdowns are so valuable in fantasy football. So he's at the top of this tier four. But guys like Odell Beckham Jr. are right there with him. I can't fault anybody for wanting to go with someone like Odell who used to complain about being on the New York Giants. But those were his glory days for sure. I mean, especially those early years where he was getting 130 158 169 targets now last season he had 133 targets but he just was not efficient with them he was dealing with an injury had over a thousand yards but only found the end zone four times i think this team is with kevin stefanski as their head coach is going to want to run that wide zone that outside zone and they're really going to get kareem hunt and nick chubb a lot of carries now i know the team came out and they said they want to get both of those running backs 15 carries every week now that's a little bit unrealistic you're going to have to pass the ball you can't just be giving the all the defense an opportunity to just load up the box against you but i think odell can be in a position to have a resurgent year where he gets around 90 catches for 1200 yards he's gonna have to be efficient on this and then maybe even around like nine touchdowns jarvis landry's dealing with a hip injury at the moment and a healthy odell who's still relatively young he's 27 years old going in 28 he'll be turned 28 november 5th i think he's someone who can definitely kind of have a resurgent year with baker mayfield baker mayfield's going to have to be more accurate but that team if they do establish the run and nick chubb is as good as we feel like he definitely can be and if their defense steps up they don't need to throw the ball as much with the signing of austin hooper could lead to less opportunity for someone like Odell Beckham and that's why he's this far down it's not that I don't believe he's still talented I think he's a very talented person it's just he may not receive as much opportunity as we need from players that are considered top wide receivers in the NFL but I'm not gonna be shocked if he comes down with 140 targets this year and that would be plenty if he catches 95 of them and in Odell fashion breaks a lot of them off for 17 yard gains 40-yard gains, taking slants to houses. Those things are still within the realm of his possibility. So that's one definitely positive thing about someone like Odell. Devontae Parker finally had his breakout year. People have been waiting forever for the Devontae Parker breakout to happen. And last year, he had 119 targets, 72 catches, had nine touchdowns. 
down the stretch, he really gave Stefan Gilmore in Week 17 fits. Stefan Gilmore is the best defensive player in the secondary. And he really worked him a lot. And his A dot is 14 yards per target. He had 16, just under just under 17, I guess you could say, 16.69 yards per reception last season. And he was targeted a lot in the red zone. And Ryan Fitzpatrick loves to air it out. I think a lot of people are sleeping on Devontae Parker. They're not really buying into what he was able to do last season. But I think that that could be a mistake. And I think he's definitely somebody that you can get a little bit later because people are not necessarily buying into the hype of Devontae Parker. But if you pay attention, it's there, man. I mean, he's being drafted around 50th according to Fantasy Pros. He's the 21st wide receiver off the board. And I, I don't know. Like guys like Keenan Allen are going over him. And Keenan Allen, I, I love Keenan Allen. I think he's one of the best route runners but I, in the league. But I don't know how he's going to be utilized with Tyrod Taylor without Phillip Rivers. So I have a little pause there. Now Keenan Allen comes in at the top of Tier 5 for me. But I like Terry McLaurin, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf a little bit more. Now the, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf both come from a team that like to pound the rock. But Russell Wilson's talking about wants to he wants to pass more. <laughs> now I think if they're running the rock with Chris Carson and it's successful they're not going to stray away from that but how many times have we seen russell wilson having to throw a ton down the stretch to lead a comeback for the seattle seahawks a lot and dk metcalf had 18 he led the league in red zone targets he was being targeted like crazy and tyler lockett wasn't far behind him those are the two main guys that seattle threw to last year in the red zone in the money zone and tyler lockett is always incredibly efficient with his targets and last year he would have been on pace to be a top four receiver but he got hurt he had that ankle injury down the stretch and it definitely limited him which was really unfortunate because i mean i I really believe in tyler lockett he's done nothing but succeed in this league so far last year he had 108 targets 82 catches over a thousand yards had eight touchdowns and he suffered that injury which was right before the fantasy playoffs started a game and then didn't even get I think he got targeted three times had zero catches burned people like crazy people might be a little sour on him and DK Metcalf I think he'll have over 100 targets this year he only had 97 last year 58 catches seven touchdowns 900 yards I think all that can go up and you know that Seattle Seahawks coaching staff were trying to target him in the red zone I mean he's gigantic he's fast he's physical at 18 red zone targets the most in the league now he only came down with six of them but I think that's going to go up as well. There's some risk here because this is only a second-year wide receiver. This training camp is obviously really strange in 2020. But I wouldn't write off DK Metcalf. That's why he rounds up this Tier 4. And then Terry McLaurin, former teammate of Dwayne Haskins. But a lot of people wrote him off. It was a third-round pick. People didn't really think much of him. But he comes into the NFL, and he just commands respect from all over the field, from the slot, from the outside. Now, he only had 91 catches, and I think his biggest hindrance is his quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, right now. But he was fine in the end zone. Had just under, he had 900 yards, 919 yards, 7 touchdowns, 58 catches, and I expect all that to go up as well. He's somebody that people got so late in drafts, too. But I definitely don't write off Terry McLaurin. And then we also have Tier 5, Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen, Marquise Brown, Michael Gallup, Tyler Boyd. Tier 6, T.Y. Hilton, Will Fuller, Julian Edelman, Jamison Crowder, Brandon Cooks, Jarvis Landry, A.J. Green, if he can be healthy. Tier 7, Marvin Jones, Debo Samuel, Anthony Miller, Darius Slayton, Christian Kirk, Sterling Shepard, Deontay Johnson, Preston Williams, Rashad Perriman. Now, I just want to touch on a couple of these guys. Probably not going to go over every single one of them. 
Marquise Brown could be a league winner for you. It's just his opportunity is going to be down because the Ravens love to run the football. They love to be exotic, but he can receive four targets and still win you your week by catching three of them for 115 yards with two touchdowns. I mean, he did that against Miami Dolphins last season. So he's definitely somebody, if you want to go for boom, you can get him in round five, round six. But be aware that he could burn you some weeks with one catch for 18 yards or something like that. So it depends on how you want to draft, what your strategy is. Whereas someone like Tyler Boyd, who's being drafted around the same time, maybe peppered with targets. Joe Burrow is his quarterback. Joe Burrow loved throwing to Justin Jefferson, who was a slot receiver. Tyler Boyd will be a slot receiver, playing in positive game scripts because the Bengals' defense suck. So how do you want to weigh that? I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. It depends on how you want to draft. Me personally, I might go with someone like Tyler Boyd. I usually tend to go with opportunity rather than boom, especially with a player who's had injury issues like Marquise Brown. But I can't knock somebody for wanting to go Marquise Brown because I see the appeal there. There is a lot of appeal. Someone like Michael Gallup has appeal, but he's in an offense that... He's going to have a lot of mouths to feed. And that's another reason why I look at someone like Amari Cooper, who is also in my tier four, which I did not talk about. Someone like Amari Cooper, and I think I'm, I'm not as high on him as I am with other people because there are a lot of people on this offense. Uh, offense is probably going to want to run the ball a lot with Ezekiel Elliott, the running back they paid a lot of money to. So I like Amari Cooper, who comes in right there, that tier four. But I have Michael Gallup in tier five right below him. And I think Gallup's skill set is it's not as quite as much as Amari Cooper, but he's going to be getting the second cornerback for a lot of teams. And I think opportunity will be spread across that offense with CeeDee Lamb, with even Blake Jarwin, with Ezekiel Elliott in the passing game. That's where I come up with that. Keenan Allen, like I said, Tyrod Taylor, I'm not 100% sure what is going to happen with that offense. I think Steph Diggs is going to have quite a bit of targets in an offense that doesn't throw that much but they are josh allen targets and now i think steph diggs is a fine football player but he's not somebody that i'm going to be targeting at at will i would say in a lot of drafts it depends on the value yeah if he's there uh in round six or something like that yes that's going to be good value round six round seven but i'm not sure like right now we're just going as wide receiver 27 he's the 63rd overall pick so Round six, I would say, in a 12-team league, that's somewhere where you definitely want to consider someone like Steph Diggs. But I'm not in love with even the number one receiving option for a team that doesn't want to throw the football all that much with Josh Allen, a very inaccurate quarterback at the helm, someone I don't really necessarily believe in, too. And then tier six, I think a guy like Will Fuller, I have T.Y. Hilton above him, but I would probably still go with someone like Will Fuller because I think he could really boom. There's so many vacated targets there in Houston right now with DeAndre Hopkins leaving. And I know they bring in Randall Cobb, somebody I feel like in a PPR league might be a solid pick. I feel like he's going to get peppered. But I think Will Fuller in this contract year, I think he's somebody that you really should be paying attention to for sure in this tier six range. Julian Edelman, he's going to be in a new with a new quarterback. The offense may be tailored a little bit differently because Cam Newton is not Tom Brady, but he's still going to be one of the main receiving options in that offense. But I would not expect Julian Edelman of old where I would draft him in the fourth round and absolutely love it because it's just going to be a different look. Jamison Crowder I have in the same tier too. Because Jamison Crowder, Sam Donald loved targeting Jamison Crowder last year. No one really talked about him. He's not a red zone threat, but in PPR leagues, he's going to rack up eight to nine targets a game, and I'll take that any day of the week. 
Similarly, with a healthy Jarvis Landry, but right now there's some hip issues that you might want to pay attention to. I think it's muscle around the hip, so it's not like the bone. It's not a Dennis Pitta situation, but it's still something that you want to be cognizant of. Brandon Cooks, somebody with multiple head injuries, but he's going down to Houston, and I think with Deshaun Watson's proclivity to bomb the ball down the field with Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks, there's going to be some weeks where Cooks goes off, some weeks where Fuller goes off, and other weeks where... The one doesn't, and the other one does, and the other one does, and the other one doesn't, and that's going to be a frustrating situation. I try to look for a little bit more consistency, higher level of targets with my wide receivers, and then in tier seven, I want to go over just some breakouts. Here are some names. Debo Samuel, I would love, but I don't know when he's going to be playing because of the injury that he's suffering through right now. I think Anthony Miller, Darius Slayton, Christian Kirk, Deontay Johnson, and Preston Williams are all receivers that you can get round eight or later that could significantly help your team. Anthony Miller's probably tops that list for me because without Taylor Gabriel there, you have, I believe in the talent coming out of Memphis. I think he started to show it towards the end of last season. He provides another reliable receiving threat opposite of Allen Robinson. So I like Anthony Miller at the top of this tier. Darius Slayton, there's a lot of targets to go around. I think Sterling Shepard may command a lot of targets if he is healthy. I really believe in his route running and his ability to get open in an offense that should be airing the ball out a lot because I don't know if you've been paying attention to the Giants' defense, but Xavier McKinney is injured. You have Sam Beal opting out. You have the DeAndre Baker mess. It's not good, but these receivers you can get late in drafts, and they could be home runs for you. Deontay Johnson, a speed, big-type receiver with Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, that seems like something that I want to pay attention to. Preston Williams was an undrafted free agent last year who balled out, suffered an ACL injury, and has reportedly come back strong. So all those guys, you see them late in your draft. You don't know who to go with. Anthony Miller, Darius Slayton, Christian Kirk, Deontay Johnson, Preston Williams. Those are some guys who could really be contributors for you if things click the right way. Don't overdraft them, but if you're late in the draft, round nine and Past that, definitely look at some of those guys. And then after that, I have players like Jerry Judy, John Brown, Mike Williams, who just got injured, Alan Lazard, Robbie Anderson, Deshaun Jackson, Golden Tate, CeeDee Lamb, and Alshon Jeffrey. Of this group, especially in best ball, love Deshaun Jackson. He's always like the guy to go with in a best ball type league. Golden Tate, somebody who could see a steady flow of high volume targets, depending on if Sterling Shepard can be injured or not. I think there's going to be a lot of targets to go around in that offense, although there are a lot of mouths to feed. But this is where we start getting into a, a place where in tier eight, where I, none of them really jump out at me as being great fantasy assets. But there are some players, breakout players, that I feel like are in this same tier that I really like. And one in particular is a rookie from Jacksonville, LaVisca Chenault. Now, he was University of Colorado. He's of that same build of Debo Samuel where he's kind of like a running back. He's like six foot, six foot one, 225 pounds, built really, really thick. And I think that Jay Gruden, who's the offensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars, is going to use this guy in a really, really creative fashion. You have D.D. Westbrook down there in Jacksonville who has kind of been built up a lot coming out of Oklahoma, and he's entering a contract year. I think they're going to be looking at Chenault, looking towards the future, and really utilizing him and putting him into a position to succeed. So he is a late-round target that I'm really intrigued by. And in a lot of my drafts, I come away with LaVisca Chenault, kind of wait-and-see kind of player. 
I have him just below the other breakouts that I just talked about, but he's definitely somebody later in drafts that I would select and kind of hold on to for a little bit to see how he's utilized in an offense where they're going to be throwing the football. I mean, they're definitely going to be throwing the football because let's be honest here, there's their defense sucks. <laughs> their defense is going to put them into game scripts where Gardner Minshew is going to have to lead them back. So I really do like the LaVisca Chenault pick in that area, along with Randall Cobb who is not sexy, but in PPR leagues, I think he's going to be peppered with targets in the middle of the field for Deshaun Watson. So I think Randall Cobb is a solid low ceiling type of ad at that area of the draft. We're talking about round 10 plus. We're talking about late in the draft. You know what I'm saying? And then other players, Brian Edwards, who is the Raiders wide receiver, rookie wide receiver drafted after Henry Ruggs, but there's just been a steady drumbeat for Brian Edwards all offseason. And then we have this Tyrell Williams injury. And I think Brian Edwards could kind of fill in and be the starter for this Raiders offense. And I think that's somebody who you can get a lot later that could pay dividends for you. And those are the players that I'm looking for late in the drafts. Nicole Hardman, if he can get more of a stranglehold on snaps, and especially if Tyreek Hill gets injured, he could definitely be somebody that you want to look at in the double-digit rounds. But again, I don't know how much of that opportunity will be there. And that's probably why I'd rather have someone like Chenault, who I feel like maybe in the beginning of the year won't be utilized as heavily because of the training camp situation. But I do feel like down the stretch, he could be a real big part of what Jacksonville is going to want to do. But before I get into breakouts and players at every position that I would target in the later rounds, I want to just quickly glance over quarterbacks. Now, like I said, one quarterback leagues, quarterbacks for me aren't aren't something I look to really draft until later unless someone like Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes falls to the late third round or the early fourth round. I think that is good of value to go after that. But I always look and I think there are going to be quarterbacks on the free agent wire. You could stream the position. I went over this on basically every single episode I've done, the streaming of quarterbacks and how you can have a lot of success if you do that correctly. But if someone like Lamar or Patrick Mahomes, if they fall to a place late in the third, early fourth, That's somewhere where I feel comfortable, where I will invest a pick in these top-tier quarterbacks. Now, Tier 1 for me is that, Lamar, Patrick Mahomes. And then there's a significant drop-off from Tier 2. Now, I don't think I'm going to get a lot of Kyler Murray. I don't think I'm going to get a lot of Dak Prescott. And I don't feel like I'm going to get a lot of Russell Wilson, especially Kyler and Dak, who are being drafted in the 6th, 5th to 7th round range, somewhere around there. Because I'm not going to look to target quarterbacks there. If I don't get Lamar and Patrick, then I'm probably just going to wait. And see if I can get someone like Matt Stafford or Ben Roethlisberger, even Matt Ryan, who I have in my tier three. So my tiers are set up like this. Lamar Patrick, tier one. Tier two is Kyler, Dak, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz I have there too. Carson Wentz did not have a lot of receivers last year. I still believe in that talent of him. I believe they're still going to want to throw the football, even though they are going to run the football with Miles Sanders. But I think Carson Wentz, who kind of had a down season last year, and then he ends up getting hurt, obviously, late in the year. I think Wentz is still in a position where he can showcase that 2017 MVP type of style that he had. And then in Tier 3, I have Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, Matt Stafford, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, and Matt Ryan. I think all of those quarterbacks right there, if you can get them at a good value, look at all their ADPs, I feel like that you could kind of pull the trigger on these guys. Josh Allen has a high running upside. Deshaun Watson has a crappy defense and makes magic happen a lot of the times. Sometimes he just has those dud games that can also kill you. Matt Stafford, I feel like, is criminally underrated in by fans, essentially. And I think they're going to want to air the football out and they may have to air the football out. And Tom Brady... 
A lot of people like to write him off in New England. This is going to be a totally different situation with you know Bruce Arians air it out type of offense. And I don't think I think Brady's definitely going to have his stamp on that offense. Going to be a lot more quick passes and things of that nature. But he has so many weapons, so many weapons, and he's going to use those weapons. And I I believe that he's going to be better than what people are expecting from him. Ben Roethlisberger, if he can come back healthy, it's all contingent on his health. There are positive reports coming out of Steelers camp. Stolen the football really well, really tight. We'll see. And um, we haven't really seen Ben Roethlisberger without Antonio Brown for quite a while, but I do believe he's going to get a lot out of Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, maybe even James Washington. So we'll see about that. Matt Ryan is going to throw the ball a ton. He has Calvin Ridley. He has Julio Jones. And he's somebody that I feel like is another player that is usually underrated. You can come away with him maybe around round 9, 10, somewhere around that, and you can be somewhat happy depending. I wouldn't overdraft or anything like that, but you could be a, a lot, you could do a lot worse than come away with Matt Ryan. In tier 4, I have Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff, Drew Brees, who a lot of people have higher. For me, I, I understand he throws the ball a ton and he has a lot of playmakers, but I, I have him more in that tier 4 range for me. Daniel Jones and Joe Burrow. Then tier five, I have Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, Gardner Minshew, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, Drew Locke, Jimmy Garoppolo. And then tier six kind of rounds up the Phillip Rivers, Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, Dwayne Haskins, Ryan Fitzpatrick's of the world. But I want to go over two quarterback leagues real quick. In a two quarterback league or a super flex league, I'm all, I'm about drafting Lamar or Patrick Mahomes in that end of the round one range. I don't think it's dumb if you draft him even in the top five. I wouldn't probably chastise you if you did that in a super flex league where you start two quarterbacks. But in these one quarterback leagues, don't do it. You're going to be tempted to do it. Don't do it. You can wait. You can get someone like Jared Goff, who's in for so much positive regression. You can get someone who's a high upside guy like Drew Locke, even Daniel Jones. I don't really advise it because this is a new offense. This is a weird offseason for Daniel Jones, and he does turn the ball over a lot. He's susceptible to fumbles. Hopefully he can work on that. But there are players that you can draft much later and get the value of maybe locking down one of the best tight ends or getting a stud running back or a stud receiver. Don't draft Lamar and Patrick Mahomes in the first. I wouldn't even do it in the second round of a one-quarterback league draft. You can wait on quarterbacks. Just trust me on that. Two-quarterback, super flex, it's all you. It's all you because there's not going to be quarterbacks to stream because people are going to own three quarterbacks in that league. But there will be... 12 starting caliber caliber quarterbacks on the free agent wire in a one quarterback league so just always remember that okay and jared goff he's somebody i feel like that is barely getting drafted who's in for positive regression with sean mcveigh with a defense that ostensibly looks good on paper but I, i'm not really 100 sure how great they're going to be so i think that's an interesting little tidbit too so let's get into breakout candidates this year all right. Now, I went over a lot of the wide receiver breakouts in my mind. I touched on a lot of those guys, guys that you can get a lot later in drafts. But running backs, I didn't really do as much of that last episode. So I wanted to kind of talk about running back and tight end breakouts that can be had a lot later, especially when relative to their ADP. So let's start low. I believe James Conner can significantly outproduce his ADP. Let's not forget 2018, he finished as a top five running back in half point PPR scoring. And he's being drafted right now around 33rd overall. I think that's somewhat of a fair spot to put him because he is injury prone, as we saw last season. But if I'm talking about players that can, this isn't necessarily a breakout, but players that can 
outproduce their ADP, he's definitely somebody that falls into that category because if he's healthy and that offense is clicking, I don't necessarily think that it's Antonio Brown's presence that made that offense as explosive as it was. They still have a great offensive line. Mike Tomlin loves to ride one running back, and he's proven that he could do it before. So I think he's somebody, you know, you're sitting there towards the end of the third round. He's still available. That's somebody that I'm going to jump on nine times out of ten, depending on the construct of my team. And I think James Conner can significantly outproduce that ADP. Right now, according to CBS.com, he's going around 33. I've seen him available even after that. I don't know if that's going to happen in your guys' league, but he's definitely somebody that I would definitely look to invest in over someone like Melvin Gordon or Leonard Fournette, David Johnson, guys that are kind of going around that range. So other running backs who could outperform their ADP, I think Mark Ingram, there's been a sour thing on Mark Ingram going on right now. And he's going around 50th overall. And he's a running back who had an excellent season with Lamar Jackson, a team that wants to run the football. I know there's a presence of J.K. Dobbins. I know Gus Edwards is still there. And honestly, I'm not overly thrilled by that rushing attack because there might use three, four, if you include Lamar Jackson, viable rushing options in the red zone. But I still think Mark Ingram is going to get predominant, the predominant number of carries. Now, 49, I'm not sure if I'd draft him there, but he's somebody I wanted to bring up because he's somebody who saw a lot of opportunity last season and successful opportunity. And he may still get that. So if you're sitting there and you see his name and the other names around him are like DeAndre Swift and Kareem Hunt, David Montgomery, don't be hesitant to pull that trigger. Just because they added that running back doesn't mean J.K. Dobbins is going to take his job this year. Jonathan Taylor, he's being drafted around 57th. I think that is a prime breakout right now i don't there's no tea leaves to me that suggests that they're going to re-sign marlon mack at all i think jim ursa even came out and said that we're not resigning him right now because there was a report that they were going to they drafted jonathan taylor who is incredibly talented so if you get him hold on to him do not drop him if he doesn't have a lot of success in week one that's a team that wants to run the football that's a team that has one of the best offensive lines in the league and he is an incredibly talented player so he's somebody who can significantly outproduce his adp and you can get him Towards the end of the fifth round, love that. I think Raheem Mostert and Ronald Jones, more so Ronald Jones than Mostert. Mostert was very efficient, scored a lot of touchdowns last year, but I still think San Francisco is going to give carries to Jarek McKinnon, give carries to Tevin Coleman, but then I got Ronald Jones. And Ronald Jones, he's moving up draft boards right now. He's being drafted about 63rd overall. You can get him towards the end of the fifth round. And he's on, there's so many positive reports, as I alluded to before, and he's in a position where he could be the predominant back on a high-powered offense. Now, I know Shady's there. I know Keyshawn Vaughn's there. Bruce Arians usually just throws rookies away if they're not uh, being able to pick up on what he's trying to teach. So I'm not too worried about Keyshawn Vaughn. Shady's another story. But Ronald Jones at 63 overall, that's something I'm going to take nine times out of 10, and I support that. And I know a lot of people are kind of coming around to it, but I'm willing to invest a fifth-round pick into somebody who could be the lead running back on a high-powered offense where they could be a lot of within five-yard line kind of running opportunities. And that brings me to David Montgomery, who received a lot of red zone work last year and was not successful on it whatsoever. He's being drafted 64th overall. He's going to get a lot of opportunity. So if you're in that fifth to sixth round range and he's sitting there, he's definitely somebody to consider because the opportunity should be there. Tariq Cohen is going to be utilized in the passing game, and that's definitely a Something that takes away from Montgomery is not going to see as much utilization in that passing game unless an injury happens to Tariq Cohen, but he's a starting running back who's going to probably see 225 carries. 
and hopefully he falls into the end zone more because he did not last season but if he does he's going to pay off value at selection 64 i also think kareem hunt is somebody who everybody's drafting nick chubb around 17 rightfully so he's incredibly talented but nick chubb has an injury history and they've already talked about divvying up these carries evenly with kareem hunt and nick chubb now i think it will be like a 60 40 thing but I think Kareem Hunt's going to be able to feast. He's being drafted in like the seventh round. I think this is an excellent value for someone of that skill set. Somebody who, when he was with the Chiefs, was absolutely dominant as a fantasy running back in a Kevin Stefanski scheme that's going to want to run the football. So I think Kareem Hunt at 70 in round seven, I think that's a solid get as well. Somebody who can outperform their draft value. Now, PPR leagues, if you want to talk about outperforming their draft value, it's Tariq Cohen. I think Tariq Cohen, they're going to be throwing the football a lot, a lot of checkdowns. I think there's going to be a better utilization of him. I think he's going to get more targets, more effective targets, and not just stinky Mitch targets. I think they're going to get more out of a player like this. And in full-point PPR leagues, players like Tariq Cohen, Matt Breida, who are all going around 100, according to ADP, I think those guys are going to pay off value. I think that's a smart investment in those full point PPR leagues and even in half point PPR leagues. Philip Lindsay's going around pick 103. I think Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay will be used somewhat similarly. I think Gordon will be out there maybe on third down because he's a better pass protector than someone like Philip Lindsay, but I don't think Philip Lindsay's just going to disappear. Now I don't like to draft these running back by committees, but if I were to, I don't overspend on the one who's being drafted five rounds before the second one when the split may be somewhat even so that's what i can say about philip Lindsay. he's somebody that i feel like you're sitting there round nine round ten and he's still available select him if melvin gordon goes down with an injury or if something happens with him you just got a top maybe 20 running back somebody who's going to get a lot of opportunity so he um, now this these aren't breakouts right now. I'm about to get into the breakouts, but these are all players who should outperform their ADP. Now onto the breakouts. I think first I want to talk about Antonio Gibson, who is a Washington running back. He was a running back wide receiver at Memphis. Very, very talented kid. He's being drafted about 123rd overall, roughly, according to CBS. And he's somebody I think down the stretch, he's gonna be utilized. He's definitely going to be utilized. Now, Bryce Love's being talked about a lot. Adrian Peterson's old, and I know Ron Rivera's going to love a player like Adrian Peterson, somebody who's so detail-oriented and knows what he's doing, but I think they're going to get Antonio Gibson out there, especially in third-down situations. And in full-point PPR leagues, I definitely think he's somebody who could outperform that value. Now, I wouldn't reach on him, but if he's available 11th round, somewhere around there, that's someone that you could pounce on. I think Tony Pollard, I think Alexander Madison, who are both going around the 130 range slightly after according to cbs i think both of those guys are players to add towards the end of drafts and you stash them and if something happens to ezekiel elliott or dalvin cook then you just got a top 20 running back somebody who's going to be getting 20 touches a game and that could totally flip your the entire script of your fantasy season so those two not necessarily breakouts, definitely players to own, not necessarily as handcuffs, but as insurance policies for other players' players, for people in your league's players. You don't want them to have Alexander Madison, but you bring him on. You see if something happens to Dalvin Cook, depending on how deep your bench is, you'll do this. And then if something does happen, then you might hit a home run. I think Chase Edmonds falls into this category as well with Kenyon Drake, only I think he might actually have more of a role than those other players do. I think Tony Pollard, there's a lot of talk that he'll be used a little bit more, but they're not just going to not give the ball to Zeke at a massive rate. 
Now, some other guys who could be breakouts, Boston Scott. We saw it at the end of last season. Miles Sanders is already dealing with some injuries right now. And Boston Scott is a receiving running back who really proved himself down the stretch when there were like no receiving re- weapons for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think Boston Scott, somebody you can get round 14 at a full point PPR league. That's something to look into. Damian Harris has been a lot of positive buzz about Damian Harris, the running back for the New England Patriots. Sony Michelle is injured right now. Not a lot of positive buzz. He's sliding down draft boards. But Damian Harris, there is a lot of positive buzz. So that's somebody you can get late. And I know running backs are weird with New England. That's someone you can get late. And if it does end up paying off, you're going to be a very happy man. Now, other breakouts that no one's really talking about? I think Josh Kelly, who's barely being drafted in most leagues. He's a running back for the Los Angeles Chargers. Drafted out of UCLA. Believe in the talent. Really good kid. Hard worker. People raved about this kid. And then you watch his film, and he's a very talented guy. And he's on the Chargers, who just lost Melvin Gordon. They have Austin Eckler, but I don't know if they want to use him in a full capacity. So I think Josh Kelly could end up beating Justin Jackson, another player that I do like, who's being barely drafted too. So they're being drafted later, I should say. But Josh Kelly sometimes not is not even drafted, and that is some a name that you want to pay attention to, maybe get him, because he could be in for a breakout season as well. So all of those guys are all players that I look at and... I say if I have a late round pick and I love my roster and I just want to go for some home runs, see how week one, week two materializes, I might invest in these players. Guys like Justin Jackson, guys like Damian Harris, guys like even Boston Scott in full point PPR leagues. Daryl Henderson, who is the backup, he's dealing with a slight injury right now, but he should be available for week one against Dallas. He's the backup to Cam Akers, who's the rookie, but he is probably going to be mixed in as well. He's another name that you want to look out for. I know he's going up in ADP right now, but in your home leagues, people might not know him that well. So those are kind of players who have a chance to break out and players that will, should, I should say should, outperform their average draft position. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this. Please rate, subscribe, review this podcast. And I know this was a lot of information, but it's fantasy draft season. We're getting going. We're we're full go right now into fantasy draft, into fantasy football, and hopefully into the National Football League. Hopefully things go over without a hitch. we got COVID and everything like that. So I hope all you guys have a lovely day. Please subscribe, rate, review this podcast. Let me know how I'm doing. Be brutally honest. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.